Oh my gosh. All right, change that setting. Now I should sound better. Yeah, now you're talking into the right microphone. Yeah, sort of. Now I got this. Oh my gosh, I just had to. Still don't have a pop filter. Pop. No, it's true. Um, I apologize to both of you for uh, being a terrible co-host, as I've apologized to Don. Um, I've already explained to him how bad you are as a co-host. Oh shit! All right, and I'm gonna. Oh, recording's already started. It's already started. Thank you. It started when you joined the call. Yay! Because it's automatic now that we re- did a show without recording it, which was which was terrible. Um, so 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 just to let you know, Matt, this is the show. So yeah, anything yeah. anything you say now um, will be on the internet. So 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 I was Ben. I was explaining to Matt what what I think would be really fun, at least for me, and probably fun for Matt, and maybe maybe even fun for you would be to do like twenty questions, right? Um, like, so who is Matt? Mm. What does he do? Mm. And how does he know me? Okay. And you're, you're not allowed to go on the internet. Okay. okay, To to look for this. You have to do it all with your, with your own brain. You can ask Matt questions. If you want, you can ask me questions, but they have to be yes or no questions. And and typically in the game of 20 questions, you get 20 questions. But what I figure is we'll just go on for as long as it seems like it's fun. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, and I love that as we've started this, I just want to note, Matt, Matt, we're, we're looking at each other, which we never really do this in our normal podcast. Don and I usually don't use video. Um, Matt has said nothing since, since I arrived. <laughs> I think maybe on, maybe on purpose that you, this, he's in on the game. Well, I did. I did explain to him what I wanted to do, and I also explained to him that we uh, that we typically don't do this with our videos on. No, so this is I'm fantastic. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn my video off. Okay, because it's very distracting to look at you and me, Ben. Okay, um, it's been nice to visit with Matt. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's see. So should we should we start the show? Yeah, this is this is the show. This is twenty questions, food, food safety talk style. Um, okay, so I get to go, right? Well, I I mean I'm the yeah, go. It's I'm the guy. It's, All right, I'm going to turn show. my video off. All right. So, um, Matt, are you, um, do you know Don from the world of food safety? No, I'm going to go to no. Okay. Okay. Um, Matt, Matt, do you know Don from the internet? Uh, no, but we did reconnect and, uh, recently. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I can, I can infer that you know Don in real life, or you did know Don in real life. Yes. 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 Okay. At some point in 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 history, in the past. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Um, are you from upstate New York? No. Are no you... I just went to school up there. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. A little more. A little more info. Um. So you went to school up there. Did yeah, you- stop helping. Stop helping. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> did um, did you go to school at Cornell? No. Okay. D- did you you went to sc- did you also go to school elsewhere? No, I went to one college. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Um. Are you? Do you know Don from the Boy Scouts of America? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> big day, big day. 
Did you? Did you? Just in, we're not keeping score, but that's seven questions so far, approximately. Okay. Okay. And I feel like I'm narrowing it down here because I'm. I, yeah. So, so you know Don from the Boy Scouts of America. Do you know Don um, from the Boy Scouts of America in? Uh, and I can't use the internet, but there's a big hike where you go into a canyon, and Don was training for that a few years ago. Did you guys go on that hike together? Oh. So he's what he's referring to, Matt, is Philmont. Philmont. Oh. I, I will tell you, I will tell you, Ben, I do not know Matt from Philmont. Okay. And did I get that right? You go for a hike in a canyon? It's not a canyon. It's a it's, it's just a, New Mexico. It's in oh. New Mexico, exactly. Well, New Mexico is just a bunch of canyons and <laughs> hills. Yeah. World. I don't know. Yeah. Matt, the, I mean, as an aside, since you don't know Don from that, have you hiked Philmont as well? I have. Okay. So it was rough, but I did it. <laughs> So were did um did you know each other when you were youth Boy Scouts or did you know each other? That's a, I guess yes or no. Yeah. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. So and, and wait, wait, wait. And my answer to that question is no. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Don. So Don, were you Matt's Boy Scout Scout Master Scout Leader? Oh, well, so that's two different questions. Oh, no. Okay. I thought I was, that was the I same was thing. Not, I, that's, so that's two questions. I think we're up to 11. Okay. I was not his scout master. I was his scout leader. Okay. Okay. Did. And, and so, so what you're, what you're saying is like, I'm on a path here that is good, but I have not yet nailed the, the event like, or the, the, the most important piece of of the relationship is that correct well what what i think ben is you you are you are not correctly evaluating our relative ages okay and and also maybe you're hindered by your lack now of the american scout how the american scouting system works yes yes that that also is matt in case you haven't guessed ben is not from the united states He's huh. from this country called Canada. Yeah. Um, we have the beavers they, and, they have- <laughs> uh, and cubs. And uh, what what else? I think you do something above that. Gu- guides, maybe. Uh, rangers. I'm not sure. There's something else. It's not scouts, though. It's like scouts. Um, well, you know. So did you, do, did, now, Matt, did you get a the food safety scout badge from Dawn? Is that a thing? And did, did he award it to you? That, it's, that, it's very possible. I don't. I don't know. That's that's not a thing, and he did not get it. From. Uh, I was gonna say I don't remember my childhood that well. I think I'm eighty. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. So yeah, I'm probably hindered by this. Um, but what I I I I'm I feel like I'm getting as close as I'm going to get. Don, are there should Mike? Is there a hint? that I should have, or what, where should I go with this? Well, so of course, in typical fashion, the uh, lawn service had showed up, not for me, but for oh. my neighbors. So if there's humming that you hear in the back, no, you're that's good. That is. My humming um, just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, well, hey, wait, does Matt, do, um, do you, do you listen to food safety talk? Like, do you, do you know, first, sorry, let me ask a more basic question. Did you know that Don had a podcast? No, not until recently. Okay, perfect. Okay. Recently. Um, okay, and so so let's so let's so let's change let's just change gears a little bit. Let's say that you have solved the riddle of how I know Matt. Yes. And I will tell you that I know Matt from when he was a Cub Scout. Oh, because he was in the same Cub Scout pack as my boys. Now I okay. don't I don't think, and you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, Matt. I don't think 
you were were you you were not in Boy Scouts with my boys. Is that right? Um, were you which 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 troop were you in? Number I can't remember. Okay, that's okay. I don't I don't think you were. <laughs> I don't think you were in in the the troop with with my with my kids, but we but Matt was definitely in the Cub Scout pack that I was the scoutmaster of. All so, right, yeah. all right. So, but now let's 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 change gears and let's let's figure out oh, maybe gosh. Ben, um, what does Matt do? Yeah, yeah. And also, how did we how did we reconnect? Okay, and okay. You got the you got the the glimmerings of some answers there. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's that's kind of where I was gonna go. Matt, are you do you work in the world of technology? No, no I had a hard time getting the Zoom turned on. <laughs> okay, um, Matt, do you work in the food world? Yeah, yeah. All right, Matt, do you work in do you do you still live in the Northeast? Yeah. All right. Do you do you work at a food company that we have talked about on one of our podcasts? No. no. Oh, damn it. Until uh, this episode. Yeah. Okay. Do you work? So, so you you work in the food in the food world. That wasn't really specific, but do you work in um, like? Food processing. Technically, technically, like okay, okay. Well, yeah, but but Ben, I'll I'll, I'll answer food, here food, for food for, preparation. For, food preparation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. So so Ben, he ben, Matt does not work for typically what we you and I would call food processing. Okay. Yeah. Matt, Matt do you work in a restaurant? Uh, no, I don't work in a restaurant. Damn it. Um, do you? Not what we would typically call food process. Matt, did you make a hot dog out of epoxy? Did you? No, sorry. Did you encase a hot dog in epoxy? No, but that, that sounds like a, a great gift for the holidays. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, Ben, I've completely lost track of the questions, but let me, let me, you were very close at one point. Oh, no. And then you, you, and you asked Matt a very logical question and he gave you a completely true and correct answer. But when he gave you that answer, he threw you completely off your mission. <sighs> I keep feeling I give too many hints. So, okay. And have we, so on our podcast, have we talked about, something maybe not a company that you work for but some topic that you're related to i'll say yeah i'll say yes because because okay. that's, that's a confusing question for matt because yeah, that's true. because you don't under you've not reviewed our entire catalog i i i get it matt i see um, not the whole back catalog that's a, that's a yeah. big ask you know right 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 <laughs> was there something specific on one of our podcasts that led you to reconnect with Dawn? No, I'll say no. Okay. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I, I'm going to give you a hint, Ben. It does have to do with podcasts, but it doesn't have to do with our podcast. And I'll just, I'll just clarify now because you were under an earlier misapprehension. He has nothing. He has no connection to DL Sledge. He is not. Matt is not a lawyer. He is not a disbarred lawyer. He has nothing to do with the field of law. But but I think you want to come back to 
I want you to focus, Ben, not on where he works, but what he does for his job. Oh, that are will you, get you back on track, Matt? Are you <laughs> are you a publicist that pitch pitch guests no, to podcasts? No, okay, no, okay. No, no. Oh okay. man, that, that'd be a very embarrassing job. That would be, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to judge. I, I, we, we all have our own paths, Matt. Um, now remember, he is in the food world. He's in the yeah. food world. He. The, the, okay. Um, do you, and, and this is maybe me not knowing our back catalog, Don, did we mention something on a podcast that said, we'd love to have someone who knows something about this on our podcast, whatever nope. that is. And that's nope, Matt. Nope. 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 Okay, hundred percent wrong. Um, so what? What I what I will say. Twenty questions yet? Yeah, I'm worse. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Blown way past twenty questions. But I got. I mean, I got the Boy Scouts. That got was the Boy Scouts. Good. I was surprised he got the Boy Scouts, but that's good. Yeah. Uh, was was Dawn on another podcast where you a podcast that you listened to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was on uh, Cooking Issues, and I listened. To oh, that. on Cooking Issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, did oh my gosh, um, <laughs> did did you know on cooking issues was the topic related to your to your job, Matt? Oh man, yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably more than likely. Okay, I, I hope so. <laughs> Were you the host of Cooking Issues, Matt? <laughs> Do you have a <laughs> <No>. podcast? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't have a podcast. No, no. Oh, Donna, give up. I feel like I've, I've, I've. Well, yeah. so where where you went wrong, Ben, was assuming that somebody like Matt would work in a restaurant. Now, what what the question you should have asked Matt is: Have you ever worked in a restaurant? Oh. Matt, have you ever worked in a restaurant? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Matt, are you a chef? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Damn it. So, so Ben, I will put, I will put in the, in the zoom chat here for you, um, Matt's company. Oh, this is awesome. Okay. And uh, so Matt has a company uh, called chef Collins events and he, he doesn't, he doesn't work in a restaurant. He does unique dinners and pop-ups. Oh, I was right there. I was so close. You walked right up to the edge. You asked a question. He gave you a truthful answer. You did. and, And you just walked away. Well, this is awesome. Matt, this is great to meet you. We, yeah, we, never, we never have chefs on our show. This cool. is awesome. Well, yeah, I guess like, you know, food safety is like, you know, it's, you think about it all the time, making sure you're not getting anyone sick. Well, that's that's good. So I guess tell tell me what. Yeah, so Don, now, that, now, that, now yeah. that we're done with this ludicrous game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Why don't you, Matt, why don't you just get, and we can read your pod, your, your, we can read your podcast, right? We can read your website, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how, what, what your career, what your career path has been, let's say since, uh, since I, I last knew you in the Cub Scouts, <laughs> catch us up. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so I went to Culinary Institute of America when I was 17 uh, in upstate New York, uh, went just for like whatever, a year and a half, two years, whatever it is. I uh, graduated, then I worked in the city for about 10 years, had my own restaurant for like two years. And then I moved back to New Jersey and then didn't really know what to do. And I was like, well, I got to do something. And I, I started this business. So, um, you know, 
it's easier to cook in someone else's house than <laughs> buying a restaurant. It's easier just as someone say, hey, I come in and cook, uh, you know, so. So yeah. tell, me, tell me more about that. So so the 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 business is going going to someone's house, putting on an event for, you know, small events, large events is what whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's yeah. whatever they're looking for. Um, how does that how does that work? Like, how do they how do they find you? How do you build the menu? I'm fascinated now. I'm in. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole idea is just customization. So it's like asking any of the uh, preferences, allergies. Uh, you know what I mean? What's the special occasion? You know, I, like those people like yeah. wedding anniversaries and stuff, you know, what do you have on your honeymoon? What's like a dish you have on, you know, a day that's special to you, vacation or whatever. And it, you know, you let people customize it to do whatever they want to do. You know, gluten-free dairy allergies, you know, like vegetarian, vegan. So, you know, it's pretty much whatever with time of year, seasonality, and, you know, just kind of have a good time, you know, just constantly cooking different food, getting to try new things. That's you know. That's awesome. Are you, um, like, is it, do you, like, do you ever do more than like an event a weekend? Like, are you, are you like, are, are you having, do you have crazy times where it's like, okay, I got this thing tonight and then I got to prep for tomorrow as well. And, and it's a, it's like a madhouse. Yeah. It's been pretty crazy. I want to say the busiest week weeks I've ever had is I've tied like four dinners, like a couple of times. Oh my gosh. So you're constantly like getting ready and then not getting ready like, or whatever. Just like unpacking, un- re- repacking, cleaning, and, and are you, know, you reorganizing? So it's pretty nuts. Like last week, I did like four dinners, uh, and then cooked for Thanksgiving. You know, <laughs> um, but luckily it was, wasn't. It was just a small Thanksgiving, but you know, so it gets pretty hectic. You know, so definitely got to stay organized and, and you know, keep everything. You know, because I bring all the plates, silverware, all that kind of stuff, the cookware. So. You're essentially transporting the whole dinner every time, you know, do you have, do you have a space that you prep stuff at before or do you do everything at someone's kitchen? Like, are you, um, no, it's very minimal. Um, the prep before, um, it's almost like kind of just getting like, like meased out, like in a restaurant, mm. like what you're going to bring to the line, you know? Yeah. You go to a restaurant, like they don't cook a short rib to order. You right know? right so like certain things like that you gotta kind of that's the only stuff you really have to do in advance you know what i mean you're not gonna sear a steak at an off-site kitchen and then transport it yep. to an on-site and slice it you're gonna you know cook it from raw um you know so so i learned a new a new i'm gonna try to use this in a conversation um uh getting i'm gonna get meased out right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I know what mise en place is, but but I've never heard anybody say mised out. So that's very cool. Yeah, I think they like marketed <laughs> that like really hard to us when I was in culinary school or something. <laughs> we're, like, we're all brainwashed. We watched like a mised out. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So what's the um what like do you do this all all yourself or do you have do you have staff that, that help you with this like when you get on site or is this just a like a mat show because that seems it seems like a lot you know. yeah it is it is a lot um but yeah i i do parties of um less than six by myself okay um it just gets overwhelming like trips to the table clearing water then you know the so just like it's that threshold where it's like oh this is just just too much for me um uh you know and so, you do. And so do you do you i mean so you'll so so six or less you'll do yourself um do you do, <laughs> has it ever been a sad situation where one person just 
ask you to come and make dinner for them? Oh, maybe no, that's a nice. No, that's yeah. too creepy. So I've never, I've never done that. Damn it! That's off the table. Huh? Wants to be around You're saying that's that's off the that's, table. All that right. seems like a so, date. Like, could you? I'm, yeah, I just invited you over to make dinner for me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you do, do you do do couples, Matt? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm in the next year. I'm gonna just probably do it like on the slower days, like Sunday to Wednesday. Yeah, this is just uh just. It's almost like you break even if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is like this is really fascinating. So what's the you know what why why did you make the move out of the sort of bricks and mortar restaurant to to this? But like this seems like a really cool a really cool business. Um, but but it's not something that I think folks like in our world in food safety think about when we think about you know food service and and um and and chef you know and a chef so how did how did you make this this transition like what was tell, tell me a little bit more about that yeah it's just um you know the capital to like start a brick and mortar like it was kind yeah. of you look at like uber and stuff and it's like well how can i how can I run a business that makes sense uh, like without investing a huge amount of money? Um, and so that just kind of worked. And obviously it's like being able, like anyone can call me up, you know, Hey, in a couple of months, I'm having a, a, a dinner. I'm having some people over. And I think that's cool. You know, cause a lot of people think private chefs is like, Oh, I work for this one family and I cook them breakfast, lunch, and dinner X amount of days a week. So it was like trying to find a little balance of like, how can I, you know, have pretty much anyone call me up and be like a client instead of like mar marketing to like, I don't know, like someone with a crazy amount of money. Well, and it's cool. Like I'm just looking through your, your website about sort of all the past events. It's gotta be really dynamic where you can, I, I would, I would assume that in the culinary world and bricks and mortar, you probably reach a point where you're like kind of doing the same thing over, over and over again. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, you know, it, it, it's got to have a different vibe where, where you're kind of like going to do something, uh, you know, that you know, it's out at a farm and now it's at someone's house. And then the next week it's like bourbon tasting. And, you know, like there's, there's gotta be a lot of, like, there's gotta be a lot of variety in this. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely keeps it interesting because you're doing something different all the time. You know, you're cooking on someone's electric stove, you're cooking on someone's, <laughs> you know, like, little griddle plate they have you know how oh, much do you hate, work i gotta go how much how much do you hate electric stoves <laughs> um i don't know as long as they work some of the mm -hmm. some of the higher end ones aren't so bad mm -hmm. you know yeah it's actually yeah. interesting have you have you ever used an induction cooktop yeah 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 they're nice yeah you know you just cool. can't pick up the pan but you know <laughs> right right the heat, the heat, the heat control is fun you know yeah. what i mean because you're making pasta and then you remove it and it just totally is easier like just to get it instantly cold to like emulsify something oh cool cool so so you said that if it's less than six you do it yourself so what's do you have a system for like people that you bring on if it's more than six do you have like friends or colleagues that you know can you can pull in yeah yeah i've had a, bu a bunch of different people come uh and help uh you know it was my girlfriend and my sister at first and then i started bringing people on um and it's fun yeah just to have people you know help me serve clear polished silverware you know what i mean uh you know make sure people are happy um you know because I, I think of it as like um 
in like Fantasia where there's just too many brooms. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to be overwhelmed. You want to like be like relaxed and, you know, you don't want to be like sweating bullets and sprinting and running around, you know? So you have so, a couple of extra people helping you out and, you know, helping you get so, everything clean. So what's, what's, what's your idea of a customer from hell? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, just being just being fussy, overly fussy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some, that's it. That's not nothing too crazy, mm-hmm. you know. I guess and just getting to the dinner and then you know starting relatively on time is always nice. You'd be surprised where like an hour and a half goes by and it's like, yeah, like can we start cooking so I can just get this over with? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not not everybody's here yet. They they're fashionably late. There's no, uh, yeah. <laughs> well at some point it's like a threshold and it, you know you have like three or four servers with with you it's like yeah. man you know i'm paying all these people to be here right 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 yeah yeah no absolutely what so um one of the things that i've really grown to to love about the the culinary world so matt just to give you a little bit of background on on me um because you know don um but but you might not know exactly the kind of stuff that that uh, both of us do. I, I work um, predominantly doing research with what people do in food safety. And the work that I did um, maybe 15 years ago was working in the culinary settings. Now, it wasn't certainly it wasn't like super, you know, high end, really um, uh, experimental stuff. But I did a lot of work in restaurants looking at hand washing and cross contamination and put up video cameras to sort of like get a sense of what happens. And I didn't know really anything about the culinary world before I was in graduate school. Like I didn't, I I wasn't kind of one of those folks who had a chance to work in, in that setting. So I ended up volunteering like literally as a dishwasher in a local bar and grill um, to understand more about it. And I, I really fell in love with the the world, like just the, the team aspect of it, um, the creativity, the just, it, it was, it, it, you know, I basically read everything I could about it and tried to get as much experience while still being a graduate student and in, in studying food safety. And over the last like 15 years, I've spent a lot of time working with um, chefs and restaurant operators here in Raleigh and here in my state around different creative things that they want to do and the food safety aspects of it. And so the things that I'm like, that I didn't know about 15 years ago that I've spent a bunch of time on in the last, let's say eight years are things like fermentations, um, you know, cooking sous vide, um, doing you know, real like we, we've done a little bit on freeze drying, um, thinking about like just different new techniques that people use. Is that like, is that something that you also dabble with? Like, are you, do you, do you, are you like all around the, the, you know, new, new, not maybe not new, but sometimes it's really old techniques, but, but those, those different types of non-traditional food preparation. Um, yeah, not, not too much, maybe fermentation for sure. Um, but maybe not so much like spearification or anything too wonky. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, certain items, you know, 
they were, everyone was on that sous vide kick for a while, but you know, certain items are still fun to do, you know, like light, lighter, lighter poultries and stuff, you know, if you're making a terrine or, or something, or, you know, want to separate egg yolks, uh, you know, I think using a circulator is perfect. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff that, that I've like really, really enjoyed about this like food science, food safety, culinary interface is that the sort of using the science to get the, the type of experience that someone wants and like trying to push the edge. One of the, like my favorite stories I've told Don this, we, I teach a class to health inspectors um, around specialized processes. And that's like where I want to go with some more questions, like experiences around health inspectors. Um, But um, you know, a lot of times someone's coming in and trying to apply the food law, the food regulation, the food code, but doesn't really understand the science behind what someone's trying to do. And so we, we do a lot of like, you know, hands-on stuff. And I remember working with um, a restaurant operator here in, in Raleigh a few years ago, who was looking, you know, you mentioned short ribs, who, who was looking to do like a 48 hour beef short rib cook at like 118 degrees and like really, really low, really like, uh, you know, from a food safety standpoint too low, but also ended up like exploding the bags because, you know, they left them overnight and it was the right incubation temperature for some of the spoilage microorganisms. And he said, it was just like a mess. Yeah. Just like totally. Yeah. He came in the next day and it was like on the ceiling. That's uh, and, that's, that's fermentation, Ben. The yeah, magic right. of fermentation. Right, right, right. <laughs> just, but, uh, just not the, really the kind of bugs you want to be fermenting with. Well, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is the, the thing that, that I, 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 and Don and I, I think are really like-minded around this. We, we, we exist in this food safety world where a lot of the answers are, no, that's unsafe. You can't do it. And I think where, what I've really appreciated about doing this podcast with him and talking with him over the last, whatever, eight years that we've been doing this is I think we both start from the standpoint of, yes, there is a safe way to do this. So let's figure out what those parameters are to get, you know, to get the right way. And, and sometimes we find you know what? It, it's a no, but it's at the end, like to get exactly what someone wants. We can't do it safely, but we always, we, we're, I, well, I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say we start from the idea of, look, people are doing this anyway, right? Like one of our, one of our infamous episodes in our back history is, uh, is called raw milk Amsterdam where, cause we're both fans of the wire. Um, but we, but we, we both believe that if people want to consume raw milk, our job as food safety professionals is to find out what can we do to minimize the risk of that? It's like saying, well, you know, sushi is raw fish and that's not safe. So therefore no one should have sushi. No, that, that like our thing is, well, like, let's, is there a way to have sushi and have it be safe? Right. And so we always, like Ben says, we start from the premise of yes, or at least from the premise of people are doing this. Right. And so let's try to figure out what do we know about the science? And often, often we know something about the science and then often we don't know something about the science. And we're like, well, you know, that's a really good question. We need some science to really dig into that, right? Um, probably I can tell you that short ribs at 118 Fahrenheit is not good, but but how, how low can you go right. with short ribs and not get explosion on the roof of your kitchen when you come in the next morning and yet still get, look, get the quality that you want? So, yeah. Yeah, it's... That, I mean, I think you categorized it perfectly. I think that's the, that is the most exciting part about what, what I do it is really just that 
like we don't have a perfect answer for this, but let's talk about it. And what I've what what I've felt, and this is where I wanted to sort of ask you about um, your your experience with inspectors and your experience within the culinary world and how food safety is viewed. I feel like over the last over the time that I've been involved in this, there's been a shift of less no right away and more yes let's figure out the safe way to do it which has been really like that it's a, it's a it's it's easier to get there than it was 15 years ago and that might be who I work with here in my state it might be the types of chefs and operators that I interact with but but it, you you know what when I started it was we want to cure a bunch of meat and we're going to hide it and and hopefully we don't want the inspectors to find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ho- hopefully we don't. But now it's it's about wait a second. Okay, there is a way to cure meat safely, and we can get what we want. Let's not risk someone walking in here and costing us you know ten thousand dollars worth of meat in our you know in, in our charcuterie case. Um, and so so anyway, is that what's your what's your sense on that, Matt? Has that what what like what's your perception on that? It's such a loaded question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, that's what, that's what we're all about. <laughs> no, no one wants like to not be safe, but you know, a lot, a lot of places they have like a like a weird clo- like closet and like the sous vide stuff in it when the health inspector comes, or like you know the you know the the the, the food sealer or all that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, like you know, it's just. It is what it is because it's like, yeah, if you follow the rules, you know what I mean, of, you know, get things at the right temp, then you, no one's going to get sick. You know, you're not going to do that 48 hours, you know, right. um, you know you're going to cool it down in an ice bath, you know, but a lot of times too, you have to bring things, you have to let proteins temper, you know what I mean? You got to like f- flap them out, let, let them sit a little bit, you know, like let, let butter be soft. Right. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it is well- what it is, you know. And I feel like we in the food safety world kind of screwed this up. Like, like I think because of the real like command and control, shutting restaurants down, finding people, depending on where you are, like it's all different in different spots. I think, I think the, the food safety world forced chefs to be underground on this and put like put stuff in a closet um, because it was easier to not deal with it. And, and I, I like, that's where I'm, I don't know. I, and it may, again, it may just be like my local perception about this. I think it's much more open now than it was a while ago because the mentality of the regulators has changed. And the, and I, and I think to an extent, the relationship between inspectors and in the culinary world has, has gotten better in certain situations. I think COVID was really difficult on that. I, like, I, I think it, I think that set things back because there, there was like not, not a lot of good science and everyone was kind of throwing a bunch of stuff at a wall to figure out what, 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 like, what should you be doing for, you know, closing restaurants, opening them up, having people close by. And that all kind of fell on that local public health. But I think up until that point, there had been a better relationship. Yeah, you know, the, the thing, thing that I think about with, with COVID and inspections, just from my own personal perspective. So, so Matt, we, we recently moved 
from Freehold where, where I had lived uh, since I knew you uh, to, to Milltown. And one of the first things we did was we redid the kitchen. And of course, moving during a pandemic and then redoing a kitchen during a pandemic has been interesting, but it's really like, like um, uh, building inspections have really changed with the pandemic because basically um, the, the contractor that did the work came in and took photos and videos and then sent those to the building inspector, right? The building inspector never physically came to inspect my, my kitchen. Now, now I'm sure that that is, that is not exactly a model that would work for, for food safety uh, and, for, and for restaurants, but certainly somebody somewhere sitting in an office made the decision, you know, we really need to prioritize what our inspectors, our building inspectors do, and maybe having somebody go and put you know, physically, physically present in a kitchen uh, that's been renovated by a contractor that we have a lot of history with might not be a priority versus something that is, is less of a priority, or at least send us the photos and then we'll decide whether we need to come out there. I don't know, Ben, I don't know if that's like where, if, if something like that would even be possible right. with restaurants, but, but I want to, I want to come back to this idea of, of health inspectors. And, and like, and like Ben said, Matt, like we've never had an actual real chef on the show. And so it's great. It's great to have you here. Um, so what can you, if with, you know, don't, you know, redact any, any classified information, but what's the, what's the worst experience you've ever had with a health inspector? Yeah. Uh, no, it was actually really dying. Uh, as like a patron was my worst experience with a health oh, inspector. Wow. Cool. Tell me more. Uh, I just went to a restaurant to get some pizza, some friends, and uh, the health department came in. So we just sat there for like an hour and 15 minutes. So they wouldn't make our pizza. So oh my God. I cook in front of the health inspector. Oh, and I was no. like, dude, we've been sitting here for like an hour and a half. Can we just have a pizza or should we just leave? Because the, the, they just did a health inspection while like after we ordered. So they like wouldn't make the food. Whoa! Jeez, oh, see that? Terrible. Yeah. Well, and so Matt, I I did some research with um, I, I don't know a while ago, asking restaurant operators whether they did stuff differently when the inspector shows up, and then asking health inspectors, do you think it's different when you show up? Right? Like, you know, just kind of like understanding more about the system. And we did interviews with I don't know, it was like forty or sixty um, restaurants. And, and I heard something really similar to what you just said. This was a guy, I was doing this in the Midwest in Kansas. And um, guy said, well, when the health inspector shows up, my, I, put, I take all my staff and I put them on break because I don't trust that they can do stuff. <laughs> and so it's like a, one dude running like a full service restaurant. And, I, and, and so I'm like, well, does that, you know, being a, I don't, like, I didn't know how to phrase the question. I was like, does that like slow service down and he's like oh yeah but i'm really good i can keep up to speed and i was like yeah i don't i don't know you put you just put like five people on break for an hour i don't and and the inspectors i don't they okay okay but that like right there's the that that, that kind of like highlights that that problematic relationship right like i don't i don't want to take the ding of whatever they might see and i don't no. So we're just not going to cook anything like, yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. We're not cooking anything here. These people just, just keep giving them drinks. Like everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not the system. That's not what it's like. That's not what the system no. is supposed to be. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's, that's fascinating. And the whole thing too, it was like a pizza. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you yeah. going to mess? There's yeah. not a lot of stuff going on. So, you know what I mean? Like how, 
you open up the thing to take some cheese out. I don't think <laughs> the temperature is going to shoot to an unhealthy number, you know, but it's just like the paranoia, I guess, as they won't cook. I don't know. It's weird. Oh man. Well, Have- well Matt, we've, we put you on the spot here for quite a long time. Um, and I, and I know you probably, it's Thursday night, you probably are working tonight. So, um, but, but did you, did you have any questions for us about anything you've always wanted to ask a food safety expert about? Oh man. <laughs> See, we're totally I'm not a morning person. Uh, yeah, so. I know. I'm so sorry, Matt. Um, and we, no, no worries. We, yeah. Um, oh, I should have thought of something. No, it's okay. What should I should have I should have been more prepared. No, it's okay. We didn't. I didn't warn you there would be homework for you. I warned Ben there was going to be yeah homework for him, but work for him. But yeah, no, I definitely listened to a little of the back catalog and just checked out a couple episodes, and you know, I. I definitely went to the ones that I was interested in. Uh, oh, to hear cool, someone's cool. opinion about. Well, so let, let me awesome. let me ask you this: Let me put you on the spot a little bit. Which which were the ones that look were, were most interesting looking to you? Um, I, just, I don't know. I guess just things like we were talking about, you know, health and safety and all that stuff. And you know, before we talking about the sushi, mm-hmm. um, you know, the sushi grade fish meaning nothing <laughs> uh, <laughs> quality wise. You know, it's just like some dude's opinion. Oh, it looks like a nice fish. It's good marketing. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, just, I don't know, just hearing like what is safe, because that's something that's been going on for a while. Like, do you wear gloves? Like, would a ready to eat food? Like, oh, no, but it's sushi and they don't. And you're like, okay, well, it's like one or the other. We're doing it or we're not doing it, um, so to speak. Uh, so it's just been strange, you know. Uh, it was something I thought it was interesting. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of different opinions, you know, freezing the fish, they call the bacteria before the fish. Then why are you buying a high quality? Right, you know, cost per pound fish to cut it and then f- freeze it or freeze it and then thaw it and then cut it. You know what I mean? Like, why would you yeah. go buy a tuna that's you know sixty seventy dollars a pound? <laughs> right, and freeze it. You know, and yeah, with with the you you think you're like you're trying to pay for the freshness, right? Like that's the yeah. Huh. What? So as you've um, you know, you've been in the in in the culinary world for a while. Has the perception of safety from a patron standpoint changed? Like, do you get is it different questions? Is it the same as it was when when you started? Has like Yelp changed things because people are writing stuff on social media about you know I got sick from this restaurant and because Don and I follow that stuff from a food safety standpoint, but I don't think we have a real perspective from you know, from a culinary perspective? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I've worked for a lot of like, I guess, like corporate restaurant groups. And I feel like they're very much about image, you know, especially in the city, you know, the, mm-hmm. the grade rankings, you, you you like have to have an A, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to be like taken seriously, no one wants, to, you know, no one wants to go to a restaurant that you're like, literally the city was like, it's dirty. <laughs> it's gross. Right, there. right. Yeah, the food's um, really good, but they got a C on their last inspection. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously the famously like per se had that issue with the cheese cart where they got docked so many points for having room temperature cheese. Right. Um, you know, and they had like a C grade or some something. It's like a two hundred and seventy five dollar person restaurant, and it's got a C grade. You know, so it's about, you know from that end you you don't you want to look clean. I don't know, I, like I don't read a lot of restaurant reviews like from people on yelp and stuff but i imagine the only thing they would complain about being dirty would be like the the restrooms the bathrooms yep absolutely uh i don't i feel like they don't not everyone goes back and sees the kitchen unless it's like an open concept 
or you walk by it and there's just a bunch of food on the ground and for some reason the door is taped open the swinging door <laughs> and it's like a pile of food and it's like you put that in a garbage can <laughs> yeah i do i do like i do like the the like the open kitchen concept though like that's a thing now where you can sit and you can watch the chefs i don't know how, how do you how do you i guess well you're cooking in people's homes so obviously you don't really care if people are watching you but well like, yeah I, you can't a, say get, get out of your own kitchen <laughs> but i mean if you but I mean, what, what do you like? It, like I, as a, as a patron, I like the, now I can't see if they're picking food up off the floor. Cause typically I can only see like above the waist, but I, I like that being able to look back in the kitchen, but how, do, do chefs not like that? Or what's, what's your perspective on that? Um, I definitely think like most, most people have like cooked in an open kitchen publicly right, or been, right. been cooking and people can like literally see, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or even talk to you while you're cooking, you know? So that's why something now people talk to me all the time while I'm cooking. So obviously, you know, they see how I'm handling the food, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, they see yeah. what I'm doing and they ask me questions and they're like, well, how can you talk to me and do it? They're like, you don't miss a beat. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I, you know, how many open kitchens someone's talking to you while you're cooking or like prepping the food or, or even just in a, being a manager while you're cooking, someone's asking you a million questions. Yeah, my, yeah while, my, you're, while you're cooking, so. Yeah, my perspective as a chef is you have to really be good at, at, at multitasking, right? Because you got a whole lot of stuff going on. And, and if part of that is a stream of conversation, well, that's just, you know, that's just par for the course, right? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone has an issue. Um, just it, I, I There's not many things I can think of that are better executed by like having poor sanitary habits. Um, so and, like, there's no, there's no advantage of being secret. Um, you know, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, uh, so I don't know. I don't think you should have anything to hide. You should be able to cook and directly in front of somebody while talking to them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Do you, <laughs> what, what's your, and, and I'm sure this has probably changed over your career, but what's your, what's your favorite dish or what's your favorite meal to, to cook? Oh man, whatever I'm going to eat. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to live and die by like a dish, you know, right. you kind of, the more you end up doing something, you kind of like start to hate it. You're like doing it all the time. Oh so, yeah. Matt, Matt, do your famous dish. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I don't have a famous dish. Well, what's funny <laughs> is I try to do new stuff and then I'll yeah. do, I'll do a dish and like, they'll like one of them so much that when I come back, they're like, Oh, you have to do that again. And then it's like, I've cooked for you like five times. I have to have done this. I've done the same first same course thing. every time. Yeah. It's always like, oh, it has to every time. It's so good. You have to bring it back. And I'm like, I don't oh. like, sometimes I won't even remember what I made. I'll be like, yeah. man, that was like eight months ago. I have no idea what that, yeah. I like try to look up a photo of it. I'm like, oh, okay. This, this and that and this. What did I do? I don't even remember. I didn't write it down. Well, is there, is there something that you're really excited about cooking like right now? Like what's, what's on your, like what you're trying to perfect something or is there, is there something that just really got you intrigued? Um, no, no, I, I mean, whenever something kind of works, I try to like bring it back, like when it's mm-hmm. seasonal, when it's fun. So uh, yeah. like this time of year, like I like to do like a root vegetable gratin. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like whatever rutabagas, parsnips, you know, kohlrabi, turnips, uh, mm-hmm. you know, potatoes, and just like classically layer it like a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of layers and then press it. And I don't know. I just think that's like one of the things I look forward to because it's just it's just fun. And then when I get there, I just have to like put it in an oven. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> it's nice. Cool. It's nice and simple. Very cool. That's awesome. Whew. Well, 
I don't, I don't know, Don, do we have any other, this is really fun. Um, Matt, I appreciate, first of all, you coming on and playing 20 questions and that I <laughs> almost got there, at least got to half of it. Uh, halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but this is, yeah, this is awesome. And, and like, you know, like I said earlier, we don't, we, we don't have a whole lot of guests, but we also don't have, we, we talk a lot about <laughs> the world you exist in and we don't exist in it. And I think it's really like helpful and insightful when we get to talk to someone who's actually dealing with, with some of the stuff that, that we talk about. So it's, it's very, yeah, it was cool. It's great. Great to have you on. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I don't know. I mean, definitely. I don't, I don't think if you're doing the right things, I don't think you should be afraid of like what is safe and what is food safety. You know what I mean? It's just it, when it becomes a competition, you start having to pay fines and all this stuff. I think people just get really crazy, you know what I mean? Because it's their, you know, their money. Yeah. But, you know, I think everyone thinks they're doing everything the right way. And that's, I don't know, important, but making sure, you know, serving people, being safe. Yeah. Uh, well, and I imagine that you're, experience at the culinary institute like you know i i'm, I'm gonna assume that food safety was part of that you know yeah, part of, yeah, part of that huge. as well yeah it was a huge part yeah yeah i was like all the time 24 7 you yeah. know because i guess in hindsight it's like i don't know i guess subliminally teaching you like you know you have to like you know be on everybody to be a leader you know make sure everyone's being safe you know you can't just be focusing on yourself right well, cool. Um, well, yeah. So, so thanks, Matt. I really, I really appreciate you. So, so Ben, the way that this, the way that my interaction with Matt worked is I forget there was, so he, he, I was on this podcast. He started following me on Twitter. For some reason, I started following his account on Twitter, um, but I didn't realize who he was. And then he <laughs> tweeted something at me and I'm like, Holy crap, that's Matt Collins. <laughs> we should have him on the show. That's awesome. So anyway, I really, I really appreciate Matt. It's been so it's been really nice to reconnect with you. We're we're, we're definitely gonna link to your uh, Matt, uh, Chef Collins events uh, in our show notes. Um, obviously, you know, um, not all of our listeners are in central New Jersey, but there's probably a few. So maybe we can we can throw some business your way. I know certainly I'm yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, even if yeah. anyone's interested in just following along and seeing what's going on, you could view from afar with the internet. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, for sure. I, and I'm I'm definitely interested in having you come. Uh, my wife doesn't listen to this, so I can I can say uh, you know maybe we'll we'll set up a surprise surprise. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Come and cook for us. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would love that. She because she loves we both love food and she loves to cook. But more than loving to cook, she loves to not cook and have other people <laughs> cook for you. But what we're also we haven't we haven't actually been out to a restaurant. We're doing a lot of takeout with the pandemic. We haven't actually been out to a restaurant, and this might be a nice way to you know, take the pressure off and let her have a nice meal uh, that yeah. I don't have to cook because I'm not much of a cook. <laughs> yeah, it's been good letting people reacclimate to society that way. They have me over <laughs> as a guest and then they feel yeah, okay exactly. going out to get something to eat. So I'm like the baby step. I'm like exactly baby steps. Perfect. You know? Perfect. But, oh, for sure. Awesome. Well, yeah, Matt, thanks for joining us and just appreciate your time and appreciate what you do. And very, very cool to have someone from, uh, from Don's past to come and come and join us. Now I'm going to have to like, figure out who to who, who to surprise him with yeah it was um, great happy to come on and be the other side of the wheel be the nice yeah cool calm collective food safety guy sometimes yeah. i'm a little eccentric online and then i'm like you know you want to be taken seriously too <laughs> no we, we really appreciate it we would love to have you come back sometime and we'll try to schedule a time 
later because because it was already yeah. i already felt like i was imposing by saying nine and then ben then, wanted yeah. to move to 8 30 and uh, <laughs> i really feel like we're you know we're, we're only we're, get, we're getting the calm cool and collected um and maybe just a little bit tired matt um but <laughs> but it's been it's been so i really you've just it's just it's been so cool having you here and i yeah, I yeah really, i'm like one of those bad joke t-shirts don't talk to me till i had my coffee or something <laughs> right now i'm like half awake <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, thank, thanks, Matt. We, we appreciate you coming on. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. I'll talk right. to you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's no worries that you were late because I actually, we had a, we spent a fair bit of time getting his uh, uh, audio worked out. So. Cool. Awesome. As Thanks. Said, as a chef, he's, he's, he's <laughs> I beg your question about the world of technology is great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah, that was, that was, per, that turns out that was a perfect question. Um, oh, that was awesome. That was cool. The really cool to have him on and um, yeah. Good, yeah, good my, job, Don. What's up? Well, thanks. My memory of him is as this little, this little impish little kid that, you know, ha had trouble uh, like, following the rules and uh and it's just it's so it's so weird like like the, knowing these kids from scouts and my own my own sons as well but and you and you and you will see the same thing from your i predict from your yeah. hockey experience you see these kids when they're just kids and they're just trying to figure out like who they are to be in the world and it's just it was so it's just so cool to reconnect with him and then to hear his story of coming from from freehold uh, and being part of the culinary arts program which was the one of the magnet programs at the local high school in freehold and then going from there to, to cia and then like really i mean if you look at the the his web page there he's really worked some fancy places you know and then yeah. finally kind of coming back home so it's it, anyways it was a cool story and it was really nice to reconnect with him yeah and i was blown away when i figured out who, who his who the twitter account actually was it's like oh i know him that, that's that's he's a, super he's a cool little redheaded kid yeah and you're like wait wait a wait a second this is someone who I've known for a while. Oh, that's very cool. Um, well, um, we, uh, what was I going to tell you? We should. Um, and you want to do some follow-up? You want any stories yeah. you want to talk about? Well, yeah, of course. Let me, I'm going to pull up the, the little, the, the thing that we have. Um, <laughs> the, the Dropbox as they, as they, as, as people say, as we say. Yeah, the show notes, but I, funny you say that. I think I probably just listened to that same episode of Rec Tips yeah. where, where yeah, the show notes exactly. are the show notes, and the they mean the show notes. They mean so many, so many things. Um, so this was so I'm, I'm gonna um, uh, I'm gonna tell you. So we we just got finished with Thanksgiving. We posted a episode right before. This was the first Thanksgiving dawn that I uh, didn't answer any food safety questions, like at all. Whoa. Yeah. Is that weird? So I've, yeah. I mean, I've, I, I now, uh, you know, because I was late to the podcast, it's because I got this new role that's all like out there. Oh and, yeah. And I, and now I have this fantastic team that also knows all the food safety questions and answers. So I, everybody handled it. So one, nice. yeah, it was awesome. So one thing that was really cool and I'll, I'll uh, I'm going to read an email because I just, I, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Um, Okay, let me pull it up. Um, one of uh, one of the folks um, who I, I think you know, Lisa uh, Lisa Shelley on my team. 
Mm -hmm. um, she uh, worked uh, with our new services folks on um, something related to um, just turkey washing, right? Like the the age old, mm -hmm. you know, question of should you wash your turkey or not? We'll link to this in show notes. And uh, it was a re really awesome, like great, great, um, you know, great, great article. But the cool follow up is um, we got a message back from our, our local newspaper rag, you know, the, the fish fish wrap. Uh, as, as it's known, the News Observer. And they said, uh, P.S., this is related to another uh, uh, article. The turkey washing story stayed in the top three most read stories on our site for a few days before Thanksgiving. So, yeah. So that was yeah. really cool. And yeah. and it, the coolest part, and I, I, I know this is, this will, I don't know, this this will probably sound weird. The coolest part is that it wasn't me. Like, that, yeah, exactly. The, 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 like, yeah, that, that it, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, if you often feel this way. Um, we, I, you know, I think we, we, you and I have talked about this a, a little bit, um, probably offline, but I, I, I feel like when it comes to media, I, I enjoy, I enjoy explaining science and I enjoy talking to people about food safety and, and I feel like it's a duty right? Like for, for me that, that this is, it's something that I'm, I'm like decent at. It's something that, that fits what my job description is. I have insights into the food safety world. And so when something comes up, I, I feel like it's, a, it's part of my, um, my responsibility to, to, to answer those questions. And I really, and I enjoy it and it's not a burden at all. Um, but it's also nice to not do it. Like similar to what you just said about Kristen loves to cook, but also what's nice is not cooking. It's, I feel the same way. And so to be able to sort of sit back and see just a great team of people around me answering questions, being out there on social media, being in the media, it's very fulfilling. Um, so it was really cool just to get that, that note. And so like kudos to Lisa um, and, and so many others on my team, Ellen and Candace and Mary for being out there and answering all of these questions. But that was the weird Thanksgiving experience for me, right? Like I, I can't think back I, since I've been here, I've always looked at Thanksgiving as a time where I know I'm going to be out there talking about things. And, and this was the first time I, I did no, no, no media at all. And you knew that that was by design yeah. because you delegated to your team. Yes. Yeah. And it was, I don't like it. I, I miss there, you know, to, not to get too much into my psyche um, here, but this is the time of the week that, or every two weeks that you get to be my, my therapist. Um, <laughs> I, every once in a while, like I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and I'm enjoying stepping back every once in a while. I work, I like, I, 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 I want people to invite me to things so I can turn them down and the things that I'm getting invited to, because I'm not as out there as much, there are less things I'm getting invited to. Like it goes away really oh, it's, quickly. It, yeah. It, 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 it's both, it's, it goes both ways, right? Like, yes. Wait, <clears throat> I was thinking about this, the, the, we had, I think we talked about the, uh, and apologies if I'm mentioning this this twice because it sounds like I'm egotistical, but we had a, a 75th anniversary of the department <clears throat> that the Dean spoke at. And, and the dean talked about how her mom in California was asked, um, asked uh, the dean's mom said, hey, do you know this guy Schaffner who's on our local news talking about COVID 
and and food um and and that like the dean like that made the dean think i was a superstar right but all i really did was i just talked to people about covid and the food supply and then and 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 that appeared in newspapers and then you know what then i became an expert on covid and the food supply um because i was being interviewed and that just led to more interviews right until right. The, until that news cycle ebbs and then it's no longer in the news and that is that is how you become an expert honestly i mean it start it helps to have a phd it helps to be from a university and maybe the university puts out a press release or or something but but it's like it's a weird thing like you realize like just how silly it is like that that it can come so quickly without really any necessarily any merit and apparently it can go away really quickly too yeah <laughs> which which as long as that's what your objective is is fine well and and it's it's a weird it's it's been such a comfort area for me for mm. so long that it's it's weird to step away and and there's like every you know every once in a while you get this like twinge of like oh but what if i wanted that back could I, could I do that again? And I, and you know, I don't know, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to, but I, it, it's very, um, yeah, I don't know. It's really, it's been, it's been really interesting, but it's also really exciting to be able to look at all these, these great folks around me and be like, Hey, go, you, sh you should go do these things. Like these are, this is, this is great. Like you get a lot out of it. And, and it is cool when, you know, you know, maybe, maybe our next guest will be, uh, I'll, I'll spoil it now, but I had, uh, one of my, my, my best friend growing up as like, a you know, a nine-year-old through thirties, uh, until we, you know, moved to different, different cities, his, his, we lived on the same street and I think it was during COVID. I got a message on Facebook. They, you know, they, there's his parents, his mom added me on Facebook and then sent me a screenshot of me on CNN saying, oh, yeah. and they're, they're in Florida, right? Like yeah. they're, it was like, whoa, that was really, that was weird, right? Like that's a, yeah. it's a, yeah, so it's, it's a weird, weird space to be in, but, but it's kind of like, in a, in a way it's fun being famous and it's fun not being famous, I guess. And, yes. Right. Like, like it's, yeah, or whatever, Fam maybe famous might not be the right word, but. Um, no, I know what you, but well, I know what you mean though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, so that was kind of cool. Like about, uh, you know, Thanksgiving wise. Um, I also, and I don't think I shared this with you or maybe I, no, I did. I told you this, but again, in a, not in a podcast form, we, this Thanksgiving, we spent um, with friends and not having, um, not making a Thanksgiving dinner at home, which also felt weird. So not only was I not talking about turkey on TV and leftovers, but I also didn't make a turkey and didn't have leftovers. So you when had to I came go to the store to buy something so you would have leftovers. Yes. So <laughs> then I went and made leftovers. Um, but it was like, it was really, what what was really fascinating to me. And, and again, I think this, this comes back to some of the like research that I've done in, you know, observing food handling and in, in food safety, my thought, my vision of what a Thanksgiving dinner is, was not what we did when it wasn't at my house. Like I just assumed everybody does the exact same thing. Like, but, but there were different dishes. It happened at a different time. There, there was like, a no, it was the, the, our friends that we went to on purpose, they did not make they didn't over make size dishes, like big, big dishes, because they are not in their family and their traditions. Leftovers are not a thing. They don't want leftovers. They want to eat a very small turkey with small sides. 
And, and I thought that was really fascinating. Like that, I don't know, you know, my, my, I'm I'm, I'm glad you explained that because I was thinking, huh? So Ben didn't end up with leftovers, which means that these people invited Ben over to their house and then they kept all the leftovers, but no, they, there were no leftovers to keep. There were no leftovers to be had. There were no leftovers to be shared. Um, the, the, uh, um, the, their tradition is to take what very minor amount of leftovers they do have, and they turn them into turkey pot pies. And, nice. and so we, so we did receive a, a turkey pot pie, which was lovely. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That was, but, but that was different. That was different. Like I'm, I'm used to right. like five turkey days. <laughs> yeah. Turkey enchiladas, um, you know, five days of just like congealed gravy that I'm microwaving, which I love every, everything about it. So that was different. Like that was a weird, that, I don't know. It was a, it was weird and it was great. Like, I, I don't want to, it, it wasn't like, it was a, it was a problem at all. It was great. It was fantastic. So yeah, no, but, but it's, it's good to get not necessarily out of your comfort zone, but just to, to see how somebody else does Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And can I tell you the, the, like, I don't think they listen to the podcast, so I'm getting close to on. You can tell. Yes. Um, you know what was not at Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's 20 questions, Don. No, I'm going to tell you right away. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead in with a joke that only you and I and like seven other people are going to get. It was like a John Roderick Thanksgiving. There were no mashed potatoes. Oh, no mashed potatoes. No mashed potatoes. Wow. Right. Right. Wow. And so, so, and, and again, this is one of those, one of those situations where it's like, maybe they would come to my Thanksgiving and be like, why are all these mashed potatoes here? <laughs> right. Like, like their perspective in their family, maybe there's never been mashed potatoes. Maybe, maybe someone doesn't like mashed potatoes and we didn't know that. Right. Like what I, I didn't know. You don't, you don't go to someone's house and ask, um, did you leave the mashed potatoes in the, in the oven or, or on the, on the stove? Right. Like, or where like, are the goddamn mashed potatoes? Right, 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 right. So I, I want to, like, I kind of want to know the story about no mashed potatoes. Like, <laughs> Why is there not more gravy? Did you, where, did right, you listen to Monday I, Roderick? I did. I did. Yes. yes. So yeah. Why is there not more gravy and where are the mashed potatoes? Uh, so, so anyway, that was a really, like, that was interesting. And Danny and I, we, we came home. And, um, and so with our leftovers, we, we certainly made some, some mashed potatoes. So we, we made, cool. you know, a, a secondary meal that was not a full Turkey, but with some mashed, mashed potatoes and, and roast chicken and, and stuffing. And it was great. And it was awesome. It, it, well, it was a lovely time. And, you know, one of the, the interesting things that we noticed, because a lot of people were posting their, their Thanksgiving photos of their meals, photos of their meals, um, on Facebook is like there are some people that, that their, their Thanksgiving dinner appears to be uh, turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. And Kristen and I are like, where are the veggies? Um, where's the vegetables? <laughs> that looks like a whole lot of a little bit, a little bit of protein and a whole lot of carbs. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of white, brown, and gray. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Where's the color? Where's, where's the, color? the color? In your yeah, yeah. And I'm a vegetable guy. I never really realized this. Like mm-hmm. I, I never would have categorize myself as someone who likes vegetables but my the my you know danielle my lovely wife um constantly tells my kids about how much i love vegetables and i was like really do i no i know but she because my kids don't eat vegetables because they're little monsters um but um i was like you know what you're right i do love vegetables i in fact love vegetables as much or more than the rest of that meal like 
and I, and I, 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 I'm a, I'm a fruit and veg. I don't, you know, I certainly will eat the, my share of cheeseburgers, although not much right now, but like in, in general. Um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm a green, you know, green beans. Um, I, I'm just going to list, like, I feel like we're on uh, best in show now, <laughs> like, uh, macadamia nut. Uh, no, but I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat some squash. I'll eat, um, I'll, I'll eat all the vegetables you know, there. There's no, you, if they're al dente or kind of crunchy or, you know, boiled forever. I like them all. I'm, I love carrots of all sizes and shapes. So, um, but I never really thought about myself as, as one, but I could see viewing a Thanksgiving dinner without vegetables as like, whoa, that's weird. That's not how I would eat it either. So, yeah. well, so, um, yeah, so Thanksgiving, um, there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of feedback that we have here. What, there was something else I wanted to talk to you about though. Something that's going on. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. What do you What do you got going on in your in your food safety life? Oh, what have I got going on? Um, <clears throat> well, I'm involved in. I want to say involved in a lawsuit. I'm I'm an expert oh. in a lawsuit that I can't talk about. Okay. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I'm working on some other stuff that I probably shouldn't talk about. Um. <laughs> let's see. Uh. Yeah, we're we're doing stuff. Uh, um, yeah, different different stuff. What can I talk about? I'm really bad. You're, you're waiting for me to find something here. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, you threw to me and Ben, part about being part of the thing about being a professional is when someone throws to you, you should be able to catch the throw, oh, this, you know, yeah, like yeah. that's what we do in, in food safety. And so the, the, the problem is like our guest, Matt, I am, I am not really a morning person. And I have, I did, I did make an extra strong coffee, uh, which had three scoops uh, of beans instead of two, but I'm still, it's kind of a gray day. Yeah. <laughs> Freehold. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I, yesterday was good. Cause I didn't have a whole lot going on, which meant I could catch up with stuff, but today I got a lot going on. We're meeting with the Dean tomorrow to talk about this external review for the department. So Ooh. that's kind of on my mind. We've been, we're re being required to go. That's a, you know, that's a kind of a topical thing. We have a really important meeting. And so our, and again, nothing against our department chair, but he decided that our faculty meeting needs to be in person. And I really, I really like not being in person. Yeah. I really like sitting by my computer and talking to people via Zoom, much like I'm doing now, um, but even sometimes with the video on. So uh, I don't really, I'm not looking forward to going. And it works, right? Yeah, like, it's fine. It, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> But there are people that feel there is something that needs to happen when people are in person. But honestly, this is so this is a serious this is a kind of you've thrown to me and I'm now running towards my own end zone. OK, but um, that's a football analogy. I think. It is. Um, uh, it's uh, that that's whack that, um, which is another reference. Um, Hotbox. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's um, so what was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah. So the question is. Zoom with no masks versus in-person with masks. I'd almost rather have Zoom with no masks because I have a I have a hard time. I was talking to a student last night who was going to come do an undergrad honors thesis in my lab, and he was in a public space, and so he was wearing a mask, and so it was the worst of both worlds. It was we were on Zoom, and I couldn't see his face because because he was because he was masked. And and, and was there background noise as well? That, that not also too not okay. too bad. Not occasionally. 
occasionally, I think it was in the library. Occasionally somebody would stand up and walk <laughs> past him. So it wasn't like super noisy, but it was very, it was like, I really wanted to like see his whole face. And I couldn't, I couldn't really tell him to take his mask off because he's in a public place. It's a requirement. He's got to wear it. So anyway, so we're all going to mask up and we're going to go and we're going to talk about the need for uh, uh, a departmental external review. So anyway, well, did, I, did I, did I ramble long enough? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. That was a little bit of a sneeze Foley here. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about is we had a little text exchange on this. There was a food safety news article a couple of days ago about what to do with your refrigerator after a food recall. And I thought that oh, this yeah. is, let's talk about this. Yeah. This is the type of thing that, that is well suited to food safety talk and not risky or not, because it's, yeah. it, it, we, we need to dither on this one a little bit. So, so I'm going to, um, we'll link to this in show notes. Um, this, I, I think this probably came directly out of a, um, some sort of a CDC like press release or something. Um, so, you know, it's, it says it's by news desk. So it means, you know, it was, it was picked up somewhere. Uh, headline is cleaning a refrigerator after a food recall recalls happen almost daily. And I want to put a pin in that. Cause I've got a real interesting question for you on that. Um, most consumers know not to eat or drink the recalled products and throw them out. But one thing that's easy to forget about is cross-contamination. Okay. Uh, products that have been recalled often have been placed in consumers refrigerators on their counters or in their cupboards. So there are three areas there. I just want you to note, Don, um, again, counselor, uh, please, please note refrigerators, counters, cupboards. This means that cross-contamination could have occurred in any of these areas. Harmful germs in the recalled product can easily spread to drawers or shelves in your refrigerator from packaging or spills and leaks. Recalled food is often contaminated with harmful pathogens, such as salmonella, listeria, E. coli, this means that after a recalled product is sat in your fridge, it could contaminate other items in your fridge with one of these dangerous pathogens. So here are some tips. Let me fast forward a little bit. Throw out recalled foods or any other foods stored with it or touching it. Put it in a sealed bag in the garbage. This is step one, by the way. If the recalled food was stored in a reusable container, wash it with hot soapy water before reusing it. Step two. Dawn, empty your refrigerator. Take all the items out. Empty the rest of the items in your refrigerator. Take the shelving drawers and any other removable parts out. But also do be planned for this because don't leave this unrefrigerated food out for more than two hours. Then wash removables parts, wash the shelving drawers with, with you know any other removable parts, dry, clean and sanitize the inside of the refrigerator. Um, you know, dry it. Don't forget to wipe inside the doors. Option one, use a, a bleach solution, then put your shelves in, put the drawers and food back in, and then don't forget to wash your hands. Dawn, this seems like overkill. <laughs> this, well, this... Ben, I just, I just went onto the Food Safety News website uh, to look at the article that you posted. And um, it says it's waiting to be approved by Food Safety News. Um, But what I wrote, Ben, is as a food safety professional and risk assessment expert, I never do this. Yeah. Take, take, so what's great, what's wild about this is there's only one comment that exists there that says, thank you, news desk, Um, which might be uh, some like AI person or troll or something, uh, not troll, bot, 
That's the word I'm looking for. So Don, let's let, can I deconstruct the, the just lunacy of this a little bit? Yes. More, because it's, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how much deconstruction it needs, but there is, yeah. And I, I did add this as a topic for, uh, for our other podcast, risky or not. And I would love to do it there, but this is, this is bananas. So Don, what this if bananas, tell me, tell me about what if your food was, let's let, let me go through all the caveats, right? So let, let's, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, step number one, throw out the recalled food. Okay. Step number one, the first phrase, throw out the recalled food. I think we can both agree that's a good idea, right? Well, so may, let me go. This is where I'd like to throw caveat number one. <laughs> Don, how many recalls <laughs> exist because of mislabeling or allergens? Oh, yes. So good point. Good point. Right. So so that that is um, and you and I actually. Um, yeah. I think yeah, I actually have data on this because we, yeah. we did a little bit of preparation for another podcast about this. It's not the majority if we look back over the last couple of years, but it is about half. So yes, yeah. every day a recall happens. Do I throw out mislabeled products if it doesn't, if it's a, it should have had a milk, you know, uh, de- declared that it had a milk out is as part of um, its ingredients. Not in my house because I don't have anybody with a milk allergy. With a milk allergy, yeah. No, that's a really good point. And and this is clearly this is clearly not talking about just food safety recalls because the first sentence in the article is recalls happen in the U.S. almost daily. And 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 if that yes, that is a true statistic. But the only way that gets to be a true statistic is these are recalls that are class one, two, and three, yep. not just recalls for, you know, th- this, this article is implying that all recalls are for food safety, uh, foodborne pathogens, right? right. And that's just not, it's just simply not true. Well, and I, I think it's really fascinating. This is, and I, again, this is where we get to deconstruct this whole thing. I think it's really fascinating that the second line is most consumers not to eat or drink these recall products and throw them out. But if we said to the author news desk of this, but what about allergen ones? I think they would say, oh, well, people would know not to throw those out if they don't have the allergy. Right. You know, like, I don't know. You're you're making assumptions here. And I think, I think Bill Hallman has some data that that shows that that second sentence is not true. Most consumers don't necessarily know. He, he did a survey around the the time of the, the, the first big leafy greens outbreak with, that was linked to spinach showing that now people had it in their refrigerator. They didn't throw it out and some of them made it anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, so, so anyway, like, let's, if I, let's assume, I don't know exactly what they're talking about with recalls and I have a recalled product and it was for an allergen reason. Can you imagine taking everything out of your fridge and, and, and like, and then washing all the parts because I had recalled food in there? Like, that's you just silly. We, we, we do that on, on a semi-regular basis, like a couple times a year because yes. the fridge is dirty and it needs to be cleaned. Yes. And that's the only reason we do it. But it's not related to whether I'd recalled, even if it was like heavily laden with pathogens, right? Like, right. yeah. So, and I think that's the, so I, I want to, want to give a shout out to our friend, Linda Harris, who, who provided this to us in at somewhat no context, because I think mm-hmm. she said, that's, what that's do you do with your, do you <laughs> yeah. clean out your refrigerator after you have recalled food? And then she sent us the article Yeah. Um, where we, well, we what, did. And, yeah. What I would say is like, let me, what are the things, what are the times when I would clean out my fridge? Well, 
when it's obviously dirty, when it hasn't been cleaned out in several months, right? Or honestly, if I had a non-recalled meat and poultry product that happened to leak, right? Exactly. I, was, I, knew, I knew where you were going. My hand hovered over the bell <laughs> because that exactly, right? Like what makes a re let's say, let's say it's a pathogen and I'm fired up about this Don, because I think it's stupid messaging. What let's say you have a, a bag of leafy greens that has Listeria monocytogenes on it. And let's even say that that Listeria monocytogenes has been linked to an outbreak is that, and this is the podcast that we do do called food safety talk, where we can talk about, is it riskier? Would you, I would say that the package of, um, of, of raw chicken breasts or chicken thighs that I know I have in my fridge right now, because it's what we're going to eat for dinner tonight, um, that I assume has, you know, Campylobacter on it and in it and or salmonella at a lower rate, that just having that in my fridge is riskier than having the recalled leafy greens with Listeria monocytogenes in my risk calculation, in my assessment, in my fridge. And I think that th this is the part that is like, I would love, let's, let's put a beacon out there for someone from, from CDC who works in this area to talk us through how the, like how they would handle, like, should we not be cleaning and sanitizing with the same thought process, cleaning and sanitizing all of my, every time I put chicken in my fridge, because there are pathogens, let's make that assumption here. Should I not be removing everything and doing this every time I put it in my fridge with the same level of logic of what's in this article? <sighs> Have I gotten yeah. too, am I going too far, Don? Like, do you think I'm being, no, no, right? I think you're, I think you're exactly right. <clears throat> Recalled food yeah. is often contaminated with harmful pathogens. So is unrecalled food. <laughs> Depending on the food, yes. Yes, which exists in my, in my fridge on a daily basis. Yep. So I, I, I think this is where things get stupid. And I, I, again, I, I'm sorry if I'm going too much on this, but, but I think that, that someone wrote this thing. And this, is, this actually uh, falls on a similar conversation that we had, I think probably on text about reheating leftovers, yes. right? Like, like if I'm going to make a cold Turkey sandwich, I don't need to reheat my leftover Turkey to 165 and then rechill it. Right. Like right. if, it, so, so just saying, if you're going to eat leftovers, always reheat it to 165 misses the complexity and really it's not even complexity. It's the context of how we eat. Like right. someone who wrote this doesn't have a fridge that I might, I might be going too far now, but right, like, I don't know. I, I may, maybe I'm just, um, maybe I'm just overly fired up about this. No, it's, it's a, it's a classic, but it's a classic thing that we love to rag on in this podcast because it's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's just like, like, I don't think it's helpful, right? I mean, right. it's it's just it's not helpful because it confuse it 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 alarms people, it exhausts people, and it confuses people. I think, right? It's just like the good good news is the bleach step is optional, Ben. That's great. That's yeah, so, but it's just uh, yeah, it's 
Well, and I, you know, and I, I mean, you know, and I can, I can see why, right? Like we've, we talked about this, right? It's just like, well, okay, I can see why we, we don't, we want to be careful. We don't want people to get sick. Uh, I mean, yes, I, it's, it's well-intentioned. That's the thing, Ben. It's Very well. It's well-intentioned, but ultimately is it really helping? And I, and I, I would submit to you, it's, it's not really helping because is, I mean, who's, who's, who is, who's this for? And is anybody really following this advice? I guess, right. you know, I've got, a, I've got a lot of questions. Well, and, and I'll, I mean, I'll make the, I'll, I'll continue to make the argument, which is probably the same thing I just said. This is not risk-based. This is right. not, it's absolutely not risk-based this, you know, so, so like if someone, and I, you know, again, we, we know lots of people at CDC and we know lots of people all over the place, but if someone wanted to come out and debate this with us, I would say, Okay, so 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 they might say, well, it's an increased risk because this is a recalled food, maybe, but it let you know go see allergen recalls. Okay, fine, you've got me there. Now, is it really increased risk because it's recalled food because it's been linked to an outbreak? Has the storage of this food in a refrigerator increased the likelihood that someone gets sick from this food? Give me data on that. I don't think that that exists. If it's leaking, if it's unrecalled leaky chicken versus recalled le- leaky chicken. I think the problem is leaky chicken, not, not right. the recalled product. Right. But- and, and if it's, and if it's, if it's recalled leaky chicken, that's a higher risk. So here, here would be the hierarchy. Um, not leaky chicken, not leaky recalled chicken, leaky, not recalled chicken, and then leaky recalled chicken would be the top, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Don, what's crazy is I understood exactly what you said. And absolutely. Um, so, so did you, I, did you also see me like moving my hand? I up did. To- <laughs> I, but up, yes, I, I have a visual of you. So, so, but here's my favorite part, Don. The headline is cleaning a refrigerator after a food recall. The second paragraph, and I get, it said, put a pin in this. And I will reread the first sentence of the second paragraph. Products that have been recalled often have been placed in consumers' refrigerators. Okay, great. You're going to tell me how to handle that on their counters or in their cupboards. Don, do I need to do this on my counters and my cupboards as well? You're only telling me about my refrigerator. If you're really concerned about recalled foods, you've told me that there are two other places that this food might've been. And I think that this has to do, this is a five second rule issue to me, right? That that someone in their, in their mind says, well, when it's on the counter, it's probably on that counter less than it's in the fridge. Does that really matter? If you're going to go down this path, should you not also be like cleaning and sanitizing your counter? And if so, you've missed that piece. And then let's talk about the cupboards and pantries. If I have a recalled shelf stable food, do I need to take all the food out of my pantry? Well, here's the thing. If you, if you have recalled, if you, if you have recalled chicken and you put it in your pantry, don't do that bigger issue. Right, Right, right. Yeah, but you're right. Like, yeah, I, I, okay. So I, I, I got, I, I bought some cookies that were mislabeled for an allergen, and I put them in my pantry. And I'm not allergic to that allergen. What do I need to do? And I think you and I would agree, nothing would be the correct answer. But somebody could interpret that as, oh, this is recalled for allergens. I need to throw it away. Yeah. Which is, first of all, it's wasteful, right? Yep. Um, and second of all, I'm gonna let's let's say let's say it was recalled for an allergen. Okay. And you have someone in your house that's allergic. All right. Do you really need to now scrub out the entire pantry? Is I, that going to do anything? Would, 
as yeah well yeah i mean and it, and there are people that are deathly allergic to things but i would say the majority of people that are food allergic it's not life threatening and and i and again if it's a sealed if it's let's say cookies that were recalled for undeclared allergen and the cookies were sealed or they were i mean maybe you want to clean off that one shelf where they were but even then i'm not like super, again, it depends on how right. allergic the individual is, but I'm, again, show me the data, right? Where's the evidence that people are getting sick from uh, allergen recall, recalled food, foods that are recalled for allergens that are that have cross-contaminated their, their pantry, right? And of course, the, you know, the, the, the converse to that as well, there's a lot of people that get sick from things that, you know, that never get into right. the evidence base. And yeah, I get, I get all of that, but I, yeah, I mean, from a risk perspective, based on what I know about allergens and cross-contamination, I'm going to say this is not uh, not risky, although that's a different podcast. Right, 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 right. But it it is a very, like, I, I, I know, I know for sure that when someone wrote this, they weren't thinking about it from the way that we're thinking about it, right? It was, oh, we should be communicating more about recalls. Okay, let's think about it. Let's sit around and come up with steps. And I, and again, like you said, th- that is very well-intentioned. I think it misses, it really, it misses the mark. It, it is, you know, this is a, you have a space here in your 320 words to talk about the differences of that hierarchy of risk that you talked about and why certain, you know, wh- why different things should carry different responses. But just to, to say, a recalled food is riskier and here's the risk management decision that you should do. And it's optional to use bleach or not is really like, I don't know it, to me, it misses the mark. Yeah. And so, it's not, it's not a bad, it's not a bad, you know, how to clean your refrigerator um, as, as, as advice on how to clean your refrigerator. It's, great. it's not bad. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It does. It, I like, yes, I do agree that you should empty your refrigerator, put them on a counter, try not to leave them out for more than two hours, take out the shelving, wash them with hot soapy water. Don't run cold glass shelves or drawers under hot water. Cause the glass could crack. That's great advice. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, let them come to room temperature first. Okay. Maybe, or maybe just run them under, you know, warm water first, you know, warm, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a glass expert, but um, yeah, clean and sanitize the inside of the refrigerator, dry with a clean towel. I mean, this is, yeah, this is great advice on how to clean your refrigerator, but yeah. But, yeah. but the trigger is the, is the, is yeah, know, it misses is, the mark there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we, so that was, that was a good one. So, so what do you think? FDA, B, C, D, C, D minus. D, D, D? C, C plus. I don't know. Is it an F? It's not an F. It's not an F. It's, it's not an F because as you say, there are some good stuff in here. It's just, it's a, it's not B work. It's, it's C or D level work. Yes. It's, it's similar to a paper I reviewed recently. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, so Yeah. Anyway, thanks to Linda for for sending that to us because I, I th- this it was yeah. one that I had, had not seen um, and uh, it, you know but but good and and and, and this is the this is the this is the thing that I think is really you know you I don't know where you said this um, it, either it was in some like form where you and I talked together maybe it was on another podcast about how you've changed your approaches and views over time about mm-hmm. 
you know, answering things like USDA says it to let's deconstruct the risk about this. Um, and this is one where I appreciate Linda sending it to us, knowing that we would talk about it, but also that her, <laughs> but her message of, I think this is silly too, right? Like, like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's one, it's one thing for you and I to say it's silly. Cause that's what we do on this podcast now, but for what, you know, and so let, let's, I like to divide you know, microbiologists are lumpers and splitters, Ben, and I tend to be a lumper, but in this case, I'm going to do some splitting. Um, I, I divide the world into normal people and and food safety people, right? Because food safety people are not normal. But within the world of food safety people, I would say there's kind of like radical, radical, uh, I don't know what you call it, radical deconstructionists, uh, yes. radical libertarians, radical uh milk hamster nams, Ian's, um, and then, then the normal food safety people. And I would put Linda in the normal food safety people category. And so for her to see this and say, wait a minute and send it to us, I think that's, that's telling, right? Right. For a, right. For a, for a, a not a, a normie, not normie like Linda. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And, and um, yeah. And so it's great for us to, to be able to talk about it um, as well. Uh, in in more depth. Okay, so so the next thing I wanted to talk about with you was um, there were a couple of recalls over the last month for like foreign objects in food, and I will I will find some <laughs> and li link to those. But there's been glass and like tomato sauce. I remember I think there was some plastic in rice. So I, Dawn, had a foreign object experience. Oh my! Tell me more. Yeah. So and it's not a product that that has been recalled, and I didn't do anything about it. Um, and actually thinking back about it that I might, maybe I should. So I purchased some, I, I, you know, I'm like, I like berries. I've been, uh, I, I, as I said earlier, I'm a vegetable guy and I'm a fruit guy. And over my, uh, my, 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 um, pathway to healthfulness over the last little while, um, my, my different eating habits, I, I, I'm now like weigh out my food. Um, but I snack more on um, berries that I'm snacking on anything else. They're like, they're, they're desserty to me. There's some sugar. I like them. Um, so, so I often will, and like today I've, I've got my lunch here. I've got, um, a, a series of glass containers and don't, this is a red herring. Cause I'm not talking about glass and food, but not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> Just wait till you drop one of those containers. True, true. But I like, they, they don't, they don't retain smell. The plastic yeah. ones go yeah. like, I, that's what I want to bring my lunch in. So I've got some berries in plastic containers. And my, my normal thing now is before, I don't know, like nine 30 at night, nine o'clock at night. Um, my kids make their lunch. I make my lunch. We do all this stuff. And so, um, two nights ago, when I'm doing this, I'm pulling some raspberries out of a raspberry clamshell. And um, I put a couple of raspberries into my container for my lunch. And then I take three raspberries and I pop them in my mouth. And I, I don't look at these raspberries, but I know immediately Dawn in my mouth, there is something that is not a raspberry that is like Ooh. poked the top of my top of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And it's a um, hard plastic piece that is not from the clamshell. Like it's, it's a different, you know, the, it's thicker than that. It's, um, it's bigger than like a punch out. It, it, it must've come somehow in the packing you know, world, but it went in my mouth. And I thought this is, I've not experienced a situation that I can think of where 
it was like, you know, I've certainly had stones and I've had bones in, in food. This is the first time I can remember eating a piece of plastic. Hmm. And, and I've thought previously, how would, how would someone do this? Right? Like, like how does someone eat a piece of hard plastic? Like certainly this is, there's a risk here, well, but I wouldn't I think do you it. just explained how you did it. You're, right? you're, you're making your thing. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm not looking you're in a little bit of a rush. You know, you just popping some berries in your mouth and boom. I get it more now than I did before. Yeah. Like I didn't think about it in this way. And it's like, well, this is how, because I was looking at something else and I grabbed three berries and this was stuck to the bottom of one of the three berries and it went in my mouth and now I'm eating plastic. So, so anyway, just, I I thought of you when I jabbed myself in the top of my mouth and thought, this is something I will share with Dawn. Well, you know, uh, when you said foreign object experience, um, what that made me think of um, was the Jimi Hendrix experience, which is completely not related. Uh, but I but I got the web page up and I want to link to it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and, Good. Then, and then the other thing is um, we will link to food safety news. Uh, there's two articles with the tag for material that show up recently. Uh, first one is Driscoll's blueberries recalled because of metal pieces. And so we'll have to talk to Tim Jackson about that. I'm going to hold him personally responsible. Uh, Tim's a friend of ours that works for Driscoll's. Um, and then, um, does he still work for Driscoll's? I think he I does. think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he doesn't work for the other company that he used to work for. Before. No, I think it's now Driscoll's. He Driscoll's. Um, yeah. And then uh, also from November 16th, <clears throat> Kool-Aid Country Time drink mix is being recalled because of metal and glass pieces. There you so go. A couple See? of different foreign recalls. Nothing about uh, Ben's raspberries and plastic. So so did you, so you, you, you obviously you did not chew and swallow. You spit no, it, right? spit it out. Um, yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about the piece? Do you still have it? What color is it? What shape was I, it? No, I threw it out. It was clear plastic and it was moon shaped like a D like it was, um, but it wasn't um, like a clean, like there was, it looked like there was a piece of another, you know, packaging that broke that this was a, a, a piece of that. Like there's probably other pieces of plastic and other people's raspberries. Did you, did you contact the company? No, I didn't do anything. That's what, and in fact, as I was telling you about this at the start, I'm like, man, I probably should do something. I don't even know now this, you know, here, here you go. Food safety person did this two nights ago. I buy raspberries probably twice or three times a week from multiple grocery stores. I don't know even which ones that these were. I don't even know who to oh. call. Oh, like, well, and because at the, you, like if you had taken action in the moment, would yeah. you have known? Because you, yes. you had the bag in front of you. Yeah. yeah, I had the clamshell in front of me. I would have known this is where this, this is where it was from. But I don't even know. It could have been from, yeah, one of three grocery stores that I shot that last week. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I'm terrible at food safety. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. This reminds me. We used to, back a long time ago, uh, I was doing some food safety training for a large New Jersey bakery. And as part of it was, we were doing GMP training and HACCP training for them. And as part of the training, the first thing we would do is they had a, a box of stuff that people had found in their food and we passed it around to all the people in the class. And it's great. I mean, just like somebody put part of what was probably somebody's dentures. And oh my gosh. Different, different kinds of things. And it was, because it was a, you know, it was, it was the company's own internal stuff. Um, and it was just, it would be, it would be yeah, okay. Well, I think you, you know, that's a good message. Let's, let's send the message. We don't want this to be in our food. Right. Um, so it was always a very impactful exercise. Oh man. 
Well, there, there you go. There's the you know, foreign foreign objects uh, experience. Did you, so before we leave this, you and I, I, I think you know we were in Seattle together. Did did you and I go to Jimi Hendrix's um, gravesite together? Do yes, you, we did. We did. I okay, good. Thinking, I was thinking yeah. about this because Facebook, for all its evilness, is very good at showing me music videos, and it that I like of a, just a very eclectic bunch. And of course it knows which ones I watch. And so it sends me more of those. And, and there was one that came up recently for, from Jimi Hendrix. And it reminded me of the time that we went together to visit the grave of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, we, uh, we did. I know I went, I knew we talked about it, but I couldn't remember if we actually went together, but that, yes. And did. I think there's even some photos. Yes, uh, there were definitely is. that are on our iPhones. Yes. Uh, oh, awesome. Um, Hey, so I have a heart out in 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'm just uh, getting you uh, towards the, the finish line here. Was there, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't chatted through? I have mostly just been looking at my screen and not looking at the Dropbox. So I'm, I'm good to go if you're, if you're good to go. Yeah. We, this was an interesting one because it kind of came about suddenly and I wanted to put the, the focus on, on Matt and, 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 but it was nice to do this other stuff. Yeah. Here, here's the webpage for it. It looks just like we saw in our pictures. And the, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So let's, so let's, uh, let's, I think that's a show, man. I think that's a show. All show. right. Well, awkward, as awkward as I signed on when I was late, I will awkwardly sign off and say, all right, Don, bye. Bye. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for inviting Matt. Oh, that was yeah. an awesome connection. I yeah. love that. I, I still, I feel really kind of bad now because he really was very tired. It's, he um, was very, yeah. I'm sure his personality has changed from when he was like 11, but, but he's, uh, he, I, I was, I thought he would be a little more animated, but obviously um, he was tired. I think he might, who knows, he might've even been working the day before and he's got to work tonight. And right. I can't even imagine like what that like, that, that schedule is like, where you're basically, your workday starts at like five o'clock, right? Right, right. And then you're, you know, you're rolling home and yeah. yeah what whatever what it's done right like you yeah. don't know yeah when, yeah yeah and then people people don't want to eat on time oh my yeah. god yeah. he's I, I i that's a 
uh, he's got a lot of patience to have that job. He's, he was very, he's very mellow. I, he's, he's, not, he's more, he's, I think he's probably more mellow now than when he was a kid. Uh, but I was really surprised at how mellow he was, but anyway, it was, it was so good to reconnect. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, cool. All right. So let's try and do another one of these. Um, all right. This might be a little bit challenging. Could you do either, let's look at the 14th of December. Are you, could you do, um, I would say anytime before one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do, I could do, uh, you want to do nine o'clock? Let's do nine. That's perfect. Like 10 o'clock works, but nine is probably gives yeah. a little bit more time for dog walks and stuff. Oh, that would be awesome. That is ideal. Yeah. My thing now is I... I just don't schedule anything in the mornings because that's when I get my work done, which yeah. might include a podcast. So I, and I know you, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk to you about this because you're a department head and you, you know, your time is no longer your own, but I'm really, I've gotten really good at like, not, I'm just like, no, I'm, I, you want to know when I'm available? Well, let's it's, talk one o'clock and after, yep. you know, and I'll, I'll do if I'll do a five o'clock, I'll do a six o'clock, but right. Right. You no. Know, I'm but getting, that's, but that's my, that's the time when I, I'm, I'm fine to do a call with somebody, but it's not, it's not when I get my work done. I'm getting better at it. Um, you know, there's certain things that are out of my control, but I'm also, well, I mean, it's the Dean, you know, or, right. or, or if you have a faculty member, oh gosh. you're 80, 20. Yep. No, uh, no, this is a new, the, the, yeah. New, new oh. one, new one. Okay. Um, but, but something that was, that, that was, that was urgent and, urgent um, and important and important, would say. yes, it was, um, it was almost bad, bad, really bad. And, but it's oh. been rectified. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. shoot, you got a bad, bad, really bad. Take care of those. Yeah, yeah it was, there was, yeah. And it, and it was, uh, anyway, but so what I'm finding, what's really nice about my schedule right now is that I have to drive a kid to school at seven in the morning. <laughs> And that gets me into my office yeah. at about seven thirty, nice. and from seven thirty until ten, I get my work done, and yeah. and then things go off the rails for the most part. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, you knew you knew what you're signing up for. I did. I, I you did talk to people what it would be like to be a department chair. Yes. And I am, I'm enjoying it. Like there, well, I've, I've yeah. And honestly, I, I, it's not surprising that you're enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I, you're probably good at it. Uh, Cause you know, you're very high on the woo. A lot of woo. A lot of woo. <laughs> I, I've had to change though. My, I, you know, things that I worried about before I've tried yeah. to take head on, which is like, yep. all right, awkward conversations, conflict. Like I'm, I'm up. Yeah. Eh, maybe this will just resolve itself and very few things do. Right. So yes. that, that's well, been a, some, some yeah. things will, but some you, things will, but, but some things will get demonstrably worse. Right. If you do nothing. Right. Yes. And, and I, I have leaned on others, a, a lot of others for like thinking about doing this. What do you think about that? And that's been really, that's not also something that I did a lot of before in, in a lot of situations. And so it's, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I'm, I, I very much currently am enjoying it a lot. Well, but it is also, as they say, the honeymoon, maybe it's not quite the honeymoon, be, but it's yep. still early days. So Very much so. Not, not even a year in the job yet. Nope. So. nope. And I, and I keep getting the, the funniest part is like, I keep getting congratulated on things because there's like new, new info. Like I was named interim and then I was named 
real. And then there was an article about me being full-time. So now I'm like, I literally got texts this morning, like, congratulations on the new job. And I'm like, thanks, but I've been doing it since August, but thank you so much. Yeah. Which is people are awesome. People are very, very nice. Exactly. It's all nice. Um, okay. So we're set. Uh, I can confirm that this has been recorded. Um, it still (laughs) says recording, so that's good. Uh, and I'm going to go to my next meeting and we are good for December 14th at 9am. Sounds good. Perfect. All right. Bye Don. Bye.